right, it is July 14th, and it is 4 o'clock Eastern, which means it's time for Monster Maverick Show. And I almost forgot to hit record, but I did it, so we won't miss out any on the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so my beard is see-through. So I got my, my webcam from my... it was shipped to me from my office. I'd been running off the laptop camera, and... What I didn't realize was that when you set up the new camera, it's a whole new lighting situation. you got to redo all the green screen stuff. So I was playing with that uh, earlier today, and um, it is not quite, it is not quite uh, zeroed in there. Uh, yes, camera, there is a camera stream. There is a, a, um, there's a whole thing going on with the, with the video here. You can go to mspwaves.com slash watch, and uh, you can view it there you can go to uh, vim you can go to three speak uh, live stream and uh, you can watch the watch the feed so when I post replays you know that's what's that's what's uh, uh, posted you know on YouTube and whatever else so that is that is stuff and you know I do go through a lot of stuff on the web and I, uh, I copy and paste I try to make sure that I am copying and pasting um, you know, things into the chat. Uh, in fact, this week I realized that what I should do is when I, when I paste an image in the chat, I should also keep a copy of that link so that when I put up the replay post, then people can see what all the images are. Um, so I'm going to try to start doing that, uh, starting with, with this episode and, uh, hopefully that will continue and be helpful for people. So, um, yeah. So Theta will be available next week, we hope. So I don't know what Theta is, but that sounds great. Is that some sort of video platform? I don't know. Uh, but we got a few people coming in, you know, stragglers coming in. We got Baus, we got QA, we got Jassic, we got Ed McCursey, we got the, the Clown, and Scott so far. So people tend to trickle in over the first, you know, however many, however long, 10, 10 minutes or so. Uh, so uh, expect to see that list grow and obviously if you're watching this on the replay then none of that matters <laughs> we'll just be uh, going uh, going forward so if you hear any any little dings from like web ads and things that's probably my brave browser just so you know I just had one pop up right before the show started um, I think they're kind of on a timer so hopefully we'll skip the whole episode without uh, having any but you know if it happens, it happens. I got to make my bat, you know. Uh, this is <laughs> it's important stuff. <laughs> All right. So uh, that is kind of uh, the intro stuff. Um, let's go ahead and look at. There were a couple a couple things happened this week. We got some we got some press through uh, Coin Telegraph, uh, Agrode, and Yabba. They had their AMA on the on the Discord channel. We got the game credits uh, stuff going on. We have multi-round uh, tournaments, anytime tournaments uh, in development and testing. Collection scores kind of stuff. And, of course, obviously the market checks. So just to, uh, just to give us a, a, little, a little teaser, uh, here is the image or one of the images that was dropped in the AMA of the new uh, orb replacements 
So I don't know what that's going to be, if they're going to call them cubes or, or dice or, or what. Um, I had originally thought that the orbs were going to be a category and that they would have different sets within them because, you know, the, the current set in the orbs is called Winds of Change. And I thought by naming it something, that meant there would be other things in that, in that orb um, list in the future. You know, orbs of another collection, but uh, I guess that's not happening. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll see how uh, how that all develops. Um, but there's going to be a new mini set, basically. And uh, yeah, we was talking on the AMA about how creating new cards is a lot of work, and no doubt it is. But um, you know, that's kind of the name of the game. <laughs> it's a collectible trading card game. So rolling out new sets, new cards. That's that's the job, man. So, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. Uh, I think Nate Aguila, I think it was him, who, who posted another image of, like, their merchant, which I'm guessing is going to be on the, on the, um, on the buy screen. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, it was Nate Aguila. And let me, let me switch my scene here so you all can see what I'm seeing. And that is this guy. So he's a little octopus tentacle monster who's selling you dice or cubes or whatever they're going to be called. And um, so I'm guessing when you go to the shop, instead of this screen, instead of this uh, person, you're going to have Octopus Man. So we'll, we will see how that goes. Um, I don't think they gave us an ETA on when that's going to drop but i imagine it'll be relatively soon uh, orbs have been out of print now for you know a week or two and you know prices are starting to shift um if we go over to peak monsters we can go to the market look at the promos regulars and then look at everything except dragons and you can see that um you know prices are, are holding up and this is with, uh, this is with you know the overall pressure on the market that we've been experiencing obviously over the last little while. So that's you know the halfling alchemist is, isn't in there, but uh, all the rest of these were in the orbs. Yeah, I've been saying it for a while that you know these are great cards. So if you don't have your orbs, uh, you should get some. <laughs> Because, you know, some of them, I think, are, are absolutely essential just for gameplay. Uh, and I know, I'm sure Jessic has more sophisticated modeling than I have. But guys like the Armorsmith, Silver Shield Bard, uh, Electric Eels, Mermaid Healer, um, Corrupted Pegasus. I, I would classify all those as required if you want a top-level deck. But, um, you know, and some of the other ones are great, too. So, like, I love using Dwarven Wizard. He's got Stun, he's got Snipe, and it's magic. Um... Minotaur Warlord is great in some in some situations. Lord of Fire is great, so uh, but those are I think would be under the nice to have uh, cards. Uh, but you know about half of them are I think required for any kind of top level play. But you know we'll see. Um, you know another when 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 Yabu was talking about the. Uh, <laughs> Rod says he maxed out his Lord of Fire. It's a bit disappointing. I like it a lot. It's got the silence and the shatter. So if you're going against a, a, a life team, Lord of Fire is great uh, because you know it has it, it 
it counteracts a defender of truth and then it shatters all their shields so i'm a fan um and it's only three mana i mean come on so uh one of the things yeah was talking about when he was talking about making new cards was that you know they want to make sure that they are not like creating a duplicate card even you know with different name and different artwork so you know it, it's interesting to see what new abilities they come up with and what the uh and what the the gameplay meta will turn into with the new cards so you know i don't think we'll ever see the exact same combinations of of mana and abilities and and all that kind of stuff uh for any future cards but i do think we will see things that you know can mix and match to create kind of the same total effect so you know still at this point in the game uh, those ones i mentioned you know electric eels mermaid healer crofted pegasus uh armor smith silver shield bard those are all as far as i'm concerned required for uh for good decks and uh you know the let's if we just look at the commons you know uh obviously we got armor smith and uh that is taking you know top place top billing uh in in the pricing if we if we look at the rares they're all pretty well in line about five cents a piece and if we compare that to other rares uh, well let's look at the auto print ones let's look at the alphas and the betas you know that's that's doing okay uh you know in the, in the lower tier i guess but uh let's take out alphas let's just look at compared to betas you know they're about middle ranged uh in terms of price if we look at the epics then uh let's see mermaid healer still pretty low 32 cents we got uh who else do we have uh dwarven wizards 34 cents so yeah middle of the pack you know neglecting the summoners and f on the legendaries lord of fire it does not have a whole lot of love at 83 cents um minotaur warlords kind of average and crypto pegasus is towards the top you know and again we have to neglect the summoners on that so yeah i mean they're they're good to pick up and you know we've in deck 101 we've been having our orbs promo you know you send in a card that's a ticket in the raffle somebody's been winning orbs every day last three days uh has been deck market just because he's been sending a ton of cards <laughs> He had like 80% of the tickets uh, over the last uh, three days, which was ridiculous. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, we do a random uh, a random number pick, and he happened to win three times in a row. So a little bit crazy, but that's what happens when you have most of the tickets. So that's going to continue. That promo is going to continue through the end of the season, uh, which is one day, 11 hours, 47 minutes. So... You know, if you have those cards to burn, uh, we'll probably, actually, we'll probably continue it like one day after the season just to, you know, when you get your season rewards and you want to burn them, just send them to deck 101. You'll get a little bit extra deck and you will also be, you know, able to win an orb and why not? I'm still waiting for somebody to pull a gold foil legendary, but uh, hasn't happened yet. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and then you can send it right back to deck 101, you know, uh, if you don't want to if you don't have like a max level uh, or an ability to max out the card. Um, so speaking of deck, let's go ahead and take a look at the market here. So 
Let's do deck USD. Both. This is Gerber's bot. When it actually comes up, there we go. So you can see uh, we are down. We're, when I looked earlier, we were right at forty cents. Uh, let's get a live, uh, a live quote, and we got that is at. Uh, oh, that's B. I don't want B. We're at forty-three cents per thousand. So well under par. Uh, we got we had a little bit of a bounce today. Uh, it's been it's been a little bit harder to track just because Hive's been bouncing a little bit. And I wish, you know, on, on the many things I wish to make the world better. I think, you know, having being able to dynamically price things on Hive Engine in the currency that you want would be really helpful. Uh, where you could just have it display in U.S. dollars if that's what your, you know, your your unit of account is. In, uh, in economics terms. But, uh, you know, they don't listen to me, so <laughs> so I guess that's not happening. But I just I just wish that would be easy, because, you know, the, the current, you know, buy-sell uh, boxes are just too difficult to use, because I shouldn't have to break out a separate calculator just to fill an order. If I have, like, a hundred uh, hive, you know, swapped out hive, I shouldn't need to, f to calculate how much deck that will buy at a given price so but you know again the the front end work on on hive engine is not stellar uh you know leo Dex does look better um but you know it has pretty much the same functionality else so that's the link for leo Dex if you haven't uh if you haven't ever been there so uh yeah, let's log in sure so yeah, I actually had somebody DM me earlier and wanted to talk about dark energy crystals in the context of the land sale. So also on the AMA that Agro and Yaba had, they talked a little bit about the land sale, and basically they are they were confirming their timeline of pre-sale is going to be, you know, probably Q3, which which means it'll probably be beginning of Q4, and the actual expansion of the game will be. In 2021, uh, hopefully first half of 2021. So, and then in the past, and on the prior AMA, that they said that they are targeting a price, you know, per unit of land of like five bucks. So, what they have not discussed is whether or not those land parcels are limited or not. So, I don't know if they're just going to mint a whole a huge number and then sell those as NFTs, or if there's going to be an unlimited number. Each one's I think they're going to do it as an NFT, um, and then the uh, they just buy however many you want. So if it's limited, that will give more incentive to develop a secondary market, and you know prices would inflate over time as the user base grows. So don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see uh, what they say for. For further clarification of that, how that affects dark energy crystal prices is that the, you know, it's an additional, it's an additional sink and it's an additional demand. So those two factors that would support the dark energy crystal price. So I am, you know, the, the person who DM me says like, oh, it's going to go to, it's going to go to 80 instead of, you know, where it's at 43 right now. And I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Maybe. You know, there's been a lot of buying at 
at this low end. Uh, you know, so I picked up two million. I saw somebody else picked up eight million. Uh, a couple other people, you know, many many people have bought in the millions of dark energy crystals. And what? And that I mean that hasn't had a significant impact on the market. So yes, part of that has been just the dumping by JSX nine, which will continue I think for quite a while. But you know, it hasn't it hasn't made a significant change. So uh, I don't know if the demand for land is going to change that situation. Maybe it will, but I am I'm I'll call it hesitantly optimistic in terms of market value of deck, you know, increasing as a result of the land presale. Um, you know, another thing that we don't know about the land presale is how much land you need, because we know that it's going to be land, and then you're going to have buildings on the land somehow or other, and that's going to produce items and spells, which can then be used in battles. So what we don't know is, like, how many of those that you need to outfit your team. Because, uh, you know, you can have seven cards in a team, so... If the um, if you only need seven pieces of land to produce seven items or spells, then you know that's that's a demand, but it's a limited one. If you need continually more to produce continually more, because for whatever whatever mechanic reason they come up with, then that would be an additional demand. So I think those questions need to be answered, and um, uh, hopefully I'll remember them to ask <laughs> Agrod on the next AMA, uh, which he's doing. Uh, what did he say? Monthly or weekly? I, I don't even remember. Uh, but anyway, he's doing them regularly. Uh, I think he said monthly. So uh, hopefully we'll get some of those questions answered. And it might just be that you know they don't know yet because it's still in development. So the other thing in development is uh, well, two things. We got the anytime tournaments, and we got the collection scores. So uh, Cryptomancer was talking about. Uh, anytime tournaments and you know they are available for testing for Mavericks and that's the uh, blog post where they talked a bit about that so over the past couple days uh, some Mavericks have been testing it out where the there's now a going to be a two round at least under the current design a two round anytime tournament so you know tournament round one go, plays people end up wherever they end up and then the tournament creator can select uh, when they when they create the tournament whether it's going to be like 10 percent 20 percent 30 percent up to 50 percent of the of the top winners in round one will advance to round two and then battle again so there are a couple issues with this um i think it's it's a great incremental improvement um but at the same time, I think the way they have designed it so that your your total record is going to be, assuming you go to round two, your total record is going to be round one results plus round two results. And I think that's going to be a huge mistake. Um, because part of the issue that, that requires having round two is that uh, participation and, and seeding in round one is so random. So you, there are... You know, if you have a tournament and there's 300 players, there's going to be a lot of people who end up, you know, whatever and zero, you know, 12 and zero, whatever it is. And some of those are because they beat 12 people, and some of those are because they beat six people and six didn't show up. Uh, muted? I don't think so. Can I, I, 
I think everybody else can hear me and levels are going on on my OBS so I'm gonna say it's on your end unless Ron tells me otherwise um, so okay red pill one says we can hear you okay <laughs> sounds fine so the um, so if you have somebody who went six and six or, or six and oh really you know and then had no shows or faulty bots or whatever it is as the last six opponents and someone who went 12 and 0 uh against real players those are very different results right so by shifting those to round two and keeping those scores then you're basically saying well the first round results mattered and i don't think that's the right approach i, I would be much better for the for the records to reset and yes you could still have uh, potential ties in round two and i think that's fine as long as the the people playing have you know passed that first qualification so you know to me it's like a qualifier round and then a tournament uh, or a qualifier round and a finals round and only the finals round results should count um I, just you know adding the one to the other i you know i've never heard of a tournament that does that um maybe you know obviously i don't know every single thing about tournaments but uh you know, it seems seems very, very odd to me. And I think people are going to have problems with it, basically. So uh, we will see uh, how that all shakes out. But that's that's where it stands currently. So I guess I will see. I am, uh, like I said, it, I think it's a great incremental improvement. I just think that there could be more improvements. <laughs> uh they are also uh they also said that the max limit will be two rounds so there's not going to be any three four or five rounds and uh they don't want it to drag on forever and you know there i think that's okay the uh you know every additional round is an additional commitment on the player's part so that is going to decrease participation as you go on so like it wouldn't make sense to have a seven round uh thing because by the end you know the number of no-shows that you'd get would, would increase instead of decrease so that, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> why don't I make a spreadsheet to show the flaws in their methodology? I mean, I could, but, uh, you know, I've been pretty vocal in the Discord, I think, and other people have agreed. Um, yeah, four hours to play the last tournament, too long for you. I, yeah, that's why the Anytime tournaments are there. So, you know, you just, if it's 15 matches, you just do one after the other. And then you're done in whatever, 20, 30 minutes. You don't have to wait for people. Because I, I agree, the, the sit-down tournaments where you're live with other people takes way too long. Uh, obviously, some people play Smitherlands all day, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I got stuff to do. Um, so, you know, I, I think the any times are great. Um, I just wish, you know, we had a little bit better improvements to them. And they're coming. It's just a matter of time and development and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, I, I believe it was still Cryptomancer who said that uh, collection scores are almost done, at least the initial release. Then in response to feedback, we changed the design quite a lot, <coughs> which means it's going to be delayed a bit. Okay. So uh, I, I guess that means another couple weeks. Uh, I don't know what those feedbacks were. I don't know what those changes are, but uh, I, am, I am very excited to see the collection scores come out as uh, as a uh, qualifier for getting into the different leagues and getting the different league rewards. So I do expect some of those super cheap cards 
to be snapped up uh, when they needed to or when when people need them to. So I was thinking about this, though. I'm not sure how they're going to implement this scoring mechanism, but if it's just based on dark energy crystal value of your deck, then the most cost-effective thing to do is going to be to buy gold cards. Because gold cards have 50 times the dark energy crystals as regular cards. Um, so, you know, whatever whatever's cheapest there is going to be, or most cost-effective, let's say, whatever's most cost-effective in gold is going to be the thing to buy. So, like, if we just look right now, and just look at whatever is cheapest, I'm sure it's going to be a common something. So right now, the Warrior of Peace Barking Spider by Ceratrops are the cheapest uh, gold cards. And Warrior of Peace is a common, and I believe that's under the Untamed uh, schedule, so it's going to be uh, 500 Dark Energy Crystals. So, you know, if you if you need a thousand of them, uh, like to get to the next league level, then, you know, but you buy two of these and you're good. So, again, it's, that's going to depend on the implementation details, but uh, that's that's my impression that uh, it's going to be based on at least at least somewhat on the dark energy crystal value of your deck. So, uh, if you're if you're looking to front run that, uh, you might you might take a look at some of these cheap gold cards. So, uh, that is uh, <laughs> that's the theory anyway. Uh, obviously, once we know the mechanics of how the collection score is calculated, then we'll have a better idea of what cards are going to respond positively to that. Um, I, th I think whatever it's going to be, it's going to be the cheapest ones, basically. So uh, that's that's my theory. Fortunately, I have a bunch of uh, a bunch of gold cards. So <laughs> I've been forming teams for uh, the deck 404, uh, you know, player accounts. And so just as an example, and I've been keeping track of the, of the, the dark energy crystal value of each deck. So like it, a silver level uh, deck that has four out of five splinters has been averaging, you know, uh, somewhere in the 40, 50, 60,000 dark energy crystals, you know, in terms of burn value. So uh, if you, but when I use gold cards, you know, that goes up to two to 300,000 dark energy crystal portfolio uh, deck value. So, um, so the, the, if that's the weighting factor, then gold decks are going to be able to go way beyond uh, regular decks and they will be able to still, you know, get those higher league rewards. So something to keep in mind. And, uh, you know, when when they first talked about the collection score, I had I had commented to Yabba that, uh, you know, the the way he talked about it led me to the impression that it's just going to be, you know, you just buy some cheap cards to, to boost up your burn values and you're good. So and he said, yeah, that's OK. If if people, you know, I, I use the example of the rusty Android. So if people buy up a whole bunch of those and use that to qualify for the next round, then fine, you know, because that gives an additional market function to those low price cards. And, you know, I understand that. Uh, any news on land ideas, uh, Monster Jam? So we talked about that a little bit. So, uh, yes, they are still on their Q3 timeline for the presale and, uh, you know, 2021 release. And I, I guess uh, just to recap real quick, I, 
it's going to depend a lot on how that's implemented, whether they're limited or unlimited, and how many each player needs in order to um, in order to uh, fill out their deck. Also, you know, there's going to be people if you know, assuming everything's tradable, a secondary market develops. Uh, there's going to be people like me who are going to be producing all these different things to uh, to sell to players who don't want to in go through the whole hassle of investing. Uh, Jasic says, collection score based on Dark Angel Crystal is, in my opinion, not the best approach. How you can compare a maxed out rare beta summoner, 7245 deck, to BCX Gold Imp Bowman, 15,300 deck. Better something like BCX times rarity, ignoring addition of foil. Yeah, I think uh, that's that has a lot of merit to it. You know, w what I really wanted was like a strength of deck, uh, not Dark Angel Crystal, but strength of, of portfolio. And... Um, you know, that's that's a little bit hard to quantify because some of that is subjective. But you can look at like win rates and and, uh, you know, just how like how complete is your fire splinter or whatever um, as as factors. So I, I agree. It's just basing it on dark energy crystal burn value is, is a bit over overly simplistic. But, you know, again, we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. Hopefully in the next few weeks we will. And then we can uh, make more informed um, commentary on it. I think that's fair. And Monster Jam registered for Maverick. Congratulations! He hit the uh, 500 packs. Uh, that's always a uh, uh, fun to to have more people there. And uh, would be nice to see in the client how many packs you've bought in total for Maverick, not how many Untamed you have bought. Uh, yeah, that would be nice, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's that's a critical. Uh, thing but you know throw it in the product suggestions and you know maybe they'll take a look at it um actually the the maverick channel is uh you know considered a sort of front of the line product suggestion uh thing agro spends a, a fair amount of time paying attention to what is said there so you know talk about it there we'll see if you get any response uh he's got 688 packs that's that's a great start um you know, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like um, those potato chips, you know, but you can't have just one kind of thing. You know, it just builds and builds and, and eventually you end up with uh, however much I have. Um, let's take a quick look at my collection value. I like to take uh, take this as a barometer since I have a pretty wide set of cards. Uh, right now we're at 54, which is actually up slightly from last week. I think it was at 52 last week last week um that is you know in the face of you know the dumping the wumping that is going on so that's that's kind of encouraging um you know so you know j69 is still selling all his stuff and people are absorbing it which uh which is great you know prices have dropped but you know that's to be expected once once they are gone then i think we're we're off to the races <laughs> So, Monster Jam has a badass deck, but no idea what it's worth. So, let's see. What is your username in Splinterlands? Because we can look it up. And while he's getting that together, um, there, was, there was an interesting little thing that Agro dropped. Um, it was a link to Cointelegraph uh, and non-fungible tokens. Uh, so he's got this article, and if you scroll to the bottom, you will see 
that it is by uh, by oh where did it go ah infinite scroll got me okay it's by Ali Madhavji and Jesse Reich so obviously I have no idea who Ali is or Ali I'm not sure which um, but uh, some you know blockchain VC guy and of course Jesse Reich is our own Agrod so he's CEO of Splinterland so it's nice to get some uh, some other uh, press out there you know they're talking about NFTs the you know kind of this is sort of like a you know a person who's heard of Bitcoin but has never heard of NFTs uh, kind of intro article but uh, you know it's just good to have more press out there basically and Monster Jam says, I read that article and it was enlightening. Even thought someone has a sneaker fetish. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, the you know Nike is starting to do NFTs, which is interesting. You know, we have uh, the, uh, Tops getting into the NFT space. So, you know, it is it is a growing market. And obviously, you know, the Spinnerlands is built as like an NFT kind of app, you know. And... Uh, you know, we've had a couple others. You know, D City is probably the most successful one. That is uh, also on Hive, and you know, people are <laughs> dropping way. I don't know about too much, but a lot of money into D City, and I'm just kind of middle ranks. And uh, Rafalski is working on an uh, a, I guess an account history or account valuation tool to go along with uh, Hive uh, on. What does it call it? I can never remember. Hivedata.space? Yeah, hivedata.space. So there is a D-City thing here, but uh, it doesn't really work. So he's working on making that happen. But, you know, while we're here, let's check out... Uh, let's just check out Ranked Games. So we got battles. In the past 30 days, we've averaged just about 100,000 a day, which is amazing. Uh, you know, users... It's, we got a nice little upward tick, and uh, you know another thing I mentioned on the <laughs> uh, on the AMA was that he had like did he say like six thousand uh, signups or something like that on uh, on their Facebook campaign? Anyway, it was some big number, uh, which was uh, or forty five hundred new users added, something like that. I, I don't remember exactly, but you know that's that's huge numbers. Uh, you know, obviously most of those are free and, you know, that's to be expected, you know, the, um, uh, you know, in, in online apps, you know, you're, if you have a freemium kind of model, the, the free is going to be like 98% and the, the premium is going to be, you know, one or 2%. So that's, that's normal. Um, but that's okay. You know, oh, there we go. There's a brave ad. So, um, so, I mean, I think that's, that's fantastic. So, you know, let's say the, uh, let's say we, d we have a 2% conversion from free to premium and you got, you know, 40, 4,500 if that's the number. So we got 4,500 times 0.02. That's what, 90? Yeah, 90, 90 new paying players, let's say. And just for the sake of argument, you know, if it was, uh, if it was, you know, two to, uh, I think he's, I want to say like a buck fifty for his cost of acquisition. So let's say 4,500 
times $1.50 divided by 90. So that comes out to $75 per premium user acquisition, which is okay, I think, because, you know, that's, that's, you know, 38 packs. <laughs> Uh, I think the average premium user is going to be buying way more than, than 38 packs. So at that point, that becomes, uh, assuming those numbers are right, and I'm just kind of picking those somewhat arbitrarily, uh, but they are uh, justifiable, I think, in, in terms of uh, averages in, in the industry. If those are the numbers, then that becomes a pretty good, almost self-liquidating offer. Because, you know, that that premium user is on average going to buy uh, you know, way more than 38 packs. So, you know, self-liquidating offers where the thing that you're selling uh, pays for all the marketing expense to get people to that point. And, you know, that's just the intro because, you know, once you're in the system, once you're in Splinterlands, you're in the, you're in the game e ecosystem, then, um, you know, the... There's more. They're gonna buy more, basically. You know, it's because you know people are buying and selling. You know, fifteen, twenty grand worth of stuff every single day, uh, of the various different t types, whether it's be cards or tokens or dark energy crystals or whatever. So, uh, you know, that's 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 a good deal. And um, you know, another thing I, on I believe it was on Agrod's uh, MSP Wave show, uh, we were talking about. Uh, Second Life and how they're reaching out to them and possibly creating some kind of partnership there, which is super interesting. Um, apparently, there's a whole fiat marketplace with Linden dollars, uh, which I, I, I've heard of Second Life, but I've never played it or anything, so I don't know how that all works. But it could be a potential on-ramp and off-ramp into the, the crypto Splinterlands economy, which would be super interesting. And... Um, you know, in 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 some dream future, we might have, you know, Splinterlands inside of Second Life as like you know your little village or whatever. But uh, you know, interesting interesting stuff is afoot. Another partnership that they announced last week was the game credits. Now this I have been trying to figure out, and I've been unsuccessful. Uh, so if any of you guys know how Game Credits works, um, you know, I read their site and it didn't really make any sense to me, which is over here. Uh, so Baus is staking. So tell us, Baus, what exactly does that involve? So you have, like, you have your, your, your game tokens on MetaMask and then you stake them. And then what does that get you? So buy game credits, okay. And then, and then you stake them. I understand that. Let's go to. I went to the home page. Start, start, or learn more. Then I got more game credits for staking. Okay, but. So it, on the website, they talk about you could be eligible for like winnings of like NFTs and things. It says that I could get in-game items too. Yeah, I read that, but uh, I don't know. Is that just the game developers giving away stuff or is there some sort of mechanic internal to the game to create that? I don't know. So I'm, I'm a bit 
I'm a bit confused there. Up to Splinterland Devs. Okay, so it could just be like a reward for people who stake, and that's that's okay. That's <laughs> a little bit uh, uh, underwhelming as far as use goes, but um, sure, why not? <laughs> they get fifty percent of the stake. Uh, <laughs> Scaredy Cat says, "How is Neil a Splinterlands master while being a stock trading and research master? Impressive." I appreciate that. So that's Scaredy Cat. His show is up next, by the way. Uh, the Scaredy Cat Investor Show, where they goes over like crypto charts and stock things and all kinds of great stuff. So if I get one, if Splinterlands gets one, interesting. Okay. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm always happy to see new partnerships. Um, this one seems a little, you know, just underwhelming to me at the moment. But maybe that's just because I don't understand it. And spreadsheets. It's all about spreadsheets. Okay, so it supports the uh, supports the game developers. Okay, great. Okay, so um, we did take a quick look at Dark Energy Crystals, the uh, the market there. Uh, let's take a look at the pack sales. See where we are with that. Uh, so first, let's go to cards. No, sales volume. What's the one I'm looking for? I changed the site around and now I can't <laughs> find anything. Purchases. There we go. Okay. So obviously orbs sold out at the end of June. That one big day. I'll make a PowerPoint about meal spreadsheets. You should. You'd be a better person for it. <laughs> All right. So orbs are done. And then we'll get dice or whatever it is. Uh, so let's go to... Booster packs. Oh, we had a nice big sale the other day. Oh, that's right. Agard was in the was in the Discord. You know, pretty happy about that. At uh, you know, fifty seven hundred or six thousand, something like that, uh, of pack sales on that was the eleventh, seven eleven. So that's always fun. I think a lot of that. I think probably like a third to a half of that was Gerber, but I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but you know. Is uh is I think I got him hooked accidentally. That we'll see. <laughs> we started putting together untamed teams. Uh, that's all good. So um, so yeah, we are. How far into we are fifty thousand into the next airdrop. So that's always fun. So at the rate we're going, what do we got? At the rate we're going, we're doing. 1500 a day so that means 50,000 divided by 1500 what 30 days something like that let's do 100,000 minus 5371 divided by 1501 that is some number and that number is uh, 33 so at that pace, 33 more days till we hit the next airdrop. I think it's going to be the Magic Summoner. Or, sorry, not the Magic Summoner. I think it's going to be the Water Summoner, uh, which was my my little baby. I hope so, because that'll be fun. Fun for me. <laughs> we'll see what the, the team did with it. And, uh, you know, I you know the more I think about it, the more I think it's not going to be a Magic buff, uh, which is what I had put in, uh, because all the other... Seven mana legendary summoners have been something else, you know, 
like uh, Yoden Zaku had, you know, ranged buff and, you know, in the fire team as opposed to the melee buff. And, you know, the, um, you know, Chauncey or Chanceus uh, was kind of in the, in the thematic wheelhouse of the other life summoners, but it was still different. You had resurrect, you had repair and all that, uh, but no actual extra shields. So <laughs> there's Gerber. I think a smiley face means yes. <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of that spike was, was probably Gerber. Uh, he didn't, you know, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just speculating. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. So, so yeah, I mean, a month, I'm okay with a month. Uh, it'll, you know, standard mechanics apply, you know, as, as the countdown goes down, people start to buy a lot more. Zaku actually usually buys like the last like 7,000 packs, um, for monster market. And, uh, then, you know, they go down real quick. So if it's, if it's 33 days of supply, we'll probably see something more like 20. And uh, so let's see, today is the 14th, so three weeks from today. So let's call it first week of August is going to be my prediction for when we get our next airdrop. And, uh, you know, if you want to get in on that airdrop, you got to buy the packs and have that chance at the potential bonus. So the really cool thing about the last airdrop was the guarantee. If you had 400 packs, you were going to get at least one. Uh, I think they will continue that. I think the 400 number will shift with the different probabilities depending on you know how many uh, cards are are available so it'll probably be like 425 something like that i do have a spreadsheet on that somewhere uh where did i put that spreadsheet yeah so it was one out of uh yeah well this is not up to date but the um <laughs> of course I do. I do. So, uh, the, you know, the more, the more cards are out there, the more types of cards are out there, the lower the chance of any one card th that you receive. So your chance of getting that particular legendary summoner are lower. So you have to buy more packs to cover that difference in probability. So my guess would be that the, the next guarantee will be 425, um, to to qualify for the or to guarantee your your spot for a uh, a legendary uh, summoner airdrop, but you know if let's uh, for the sake of argument let's say it is four twenty five that doesn't mean eight fifty you get two so the optimal thing to do if you can swing it is to actually buy four twenty five on a bunch of different accounts and um, then you you maximize your guarantees that way so. You know, but if you have a lot, like I've got like 3,000 um, uh, packs eligible for, for the airdrops. This says 351 here because I'm in my player account, but in my in my holding account, I've got 2,700. So, you know, the math pretty much works out. Uh, so for Zaku and for Mimosa, I had to buy two or three of, of each one to, to max out my summoner. And, uh, but yeah, that was it. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, very expensive. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, that means having spent the money ago, you know, uh, before all this happened. So, um, yeah, I did want to talk for a second about, um, burn values. So a lot of people don't seem to understand, uh, understand how this works. So let me see if I can actually find the right tab. So 
in US dollars, uh, these are your burn values based on today's 43 cent per thousand market price. So that little spreadsheet there, which of course, as Ron's about to say, of course I have a spreadsheet for that. <laughs> so I realized, you know, many years ago that with today's computer technology, there's no reason to ever delete anything. Uh, storage is cheap and you can just keep it. <laughs> but um, yeah, what, what this is saying is basically, you know, the, the burn value of a, an untamed common, you know, because it's 10 dark energy crystals is, you know, 0.43 cents. So when you're looking to buy or sell uh, cards, then you want to keep that in mind. So that 125% burn value is there because that's kind of the break even on, on or at least for me, that's kind of the break even on uh, the deck 101 burning process. Where you know if it's under 125%, you know between the the waiting and the hassle of listing cards and everything, I just you know and then the market fees that you pay, you're pretty much better, uh, you're pretty much equivalent to just burning it. So might as well just set into deck 101. Uh, different people have a different cutoff there, but you know, for me, it's 125%. So, you know, if you're looking at, at cards that are, uh, you know, has burning cards declined? Uh, that I, we can check, I think. I think Rafalski has that. Um, let's see. Potions purchased, cards, delegates, combines, burned. Here we go. So, I mean, it's uh, gone down a little bit. But, you know, the new rewards cards are not being burned because the market values on those are, are holding up pretty well. And that was one thing I was hoping to get to. I don't know if we will or not. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, just... When, when you're listing cards, just keep this in mind with the, with the burn values because some people have been making, you know, errors even, you know, two years in that they're listing, you know, under burn value, which is a little bit nuts. Since the bids don't exist, at least not yet, uh, on Peak Monsters, then, uh, you know, it's harder to see, from, as a seller, it's harder to see what those burn values are because when there are bids, or at least when there were under the old Steam system, then, you know, people had bids in for everything at the burn rates and maybe slightly above. So uh, people were able to, uh, to determine the burn values that way. And that, that worked pretty well, actually. But um, at least for the moment, bids don't exist, so you don't have that number available to you. So just something to, to think about. And when you're buying cards, you know, it's also good to to have an idea of how much you're buying in relation to the burn values so if we look at the rewards cards and if we put them in i'm in the wrong screen here if we look at the rewards cards and let's just say uh you know the commons eh, let's go rare and we put them in order of card id so we can see the the later ones um so we can see that the recent the recent rewards cards are doing okay. They're at about, you know, averaging 10 cents. Phineas Rage is up at 21 cents, uh, 22 cents, and uh, Captain's Ghost is high at uh, at 18 cents. So, you know, how does that? How do, like, what's your projection for that? So, like, for 
the burn value of an untamed, which these are all un untamed burning schedules, uh, of an untamed rare is 1.7 cents. So, you know, just, you know, if you're buying a kelp initiate at 10 cents, then you're paying, you know, whatever it is, six, six times higher uh, than burn value. And that's okay, as long as you realize what you're doing, because the way the rewards cards tend to work is that they come out, and if, if they're good cards and they're in demand, which these ones have been, they did a really good job with this last set, then the price will be high. And then as the print goes on, the price decreases on a, on a per BCX level. And then they go out of print and it goes back up. So, you know, that optimum time to buy is later on in that cycle. And you can keep an eye on that. Uh, you know, I like Kyokiz's uh, rewards cards uh, list. And you can see that, uh, so like Kelp Initiate has only been 5% printed. So the, the result of that is that, you know, supply is a little bit limited, but it's going to continually become more available. So, uh, you know, you just got to keep these things in mind. So like right now, I don't have, I personally do not have max level uh, rewards cards for, these last, for this last batch because they haven't hit that point where I consider it cheap enough to buy. And I'm okay with waiting. So, let me borrow your decks and get to champ one this season. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll rent you some cards if you want. Um, and Monster Jam says, Deck has slumped in the market, so it is dirt cheap to buy at the moment. Baron Rothschild said, when there's blood in the street, buy. Yes, and I agree. And, you know, I'm, uh, I've bought about two million. Um, so, you know, I do put my money where my mouth is. Um, and then, you know, I'm also, uh, running a bunch of, a bunch of teams on, on a split basis, you know, uh, like the old Herons Unlimited, which will be open to players at some point. Um, I really do want the, the, uh, the collection score system to be implemented first. Um, so the development on our part is pretty well done. We've ironed out a whole bunch of bugs with the, with the splitting and, and everything working. But, um, you know, now we're just waiting on Splinterlands to get that, to get that done. So I am holding on to my Dark Energy Crystals primarily for the land pre-sale. And, you know, uh, they, uh, Yabba and Agra talked about a $5 price point. Um, the, uh, I don't know if that's going to be at par value or not. So if it'll be 5,000 Dark Energy Crystals or it'll be five US dollars in whatever that amounts to in Dark Energy Crystals, uh, I don't know that. But uh, any news on guilds, they are going to be having more guild buildings, and there's going to be guild versus guild wars uh, at some point. That's probably a couple months away. Uh, at least th that was the status as of the last, the last week uh, when, when Yeba and Akron had their AMA. So, you know, you should check those out. Uh, I usually, you know, turn on the audio and then I'm, you know, working or doing something else. So that is... Uh, but, you know, there, there's a lot of great info, and uh, sometimes I'll have questions lined up. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just recommend using those to keep up to date. So, um, so uh, the other great thing about the Peak Monsters market, though, is that you can, if you sort by price, then you can see within a rarity class how well things are doing. So, right now... Um, Again, looking at the at the rare levels, so Octopider, Boogeyman are all 
are on the cheapest end, Gremlin Blasters are cheap. That means that they are not <laughs> they are not much loved by the community. In fact, uh, these guys are pretty much hanging out at their burn values. Uh, on the other hand, if we go up, we see uh, at the high end, we've got Phineas Rage, Captain's Ghost, Silver Sheet Sheriff, Kelp Initiate, uh, Grim Reaper, Gordax Soldier. So those are all uh, the new rewards cards, and they're, they're high demand compared to supplies leading to higher prices. You know, it's Econ 101. But, you know, just keep in mind, if you're in the market, if, you, if you're, well, if you're like me and you want to have one of everything at least, then it's, it's easier just to wait. And in a month or two or three, then they'll be cheap enough to, to buy. Because uh, we know that, um, so like Boogeyman's already 80% printed and still, or, and is one of the, one of the cheapest, or actually is the cheapest of the rare uh, wards cards. So clearly the demand is not there to meet the supply and has fallen to the burn value. So like things like the Sandworm, uh, which is a common card, has been uh, just you know through the roof uh, in terms of demand. And in fact, so yeah, Sandworm is right now the most expensive um, common reward card by a good margin. <laughs> Can we have a Furious Justin card? <laughs> That's good. So... You know, Sandworm is, you know, five times the next closest uh, at Wood Nymph, and Wood Nymph is a great card. You know, you need that for the Earth team. So, uh, you know, I only have a couple Sandworms that I've just gotten in in, uh, in, the, in the chests. Um, and then I'll buy them when they get more printed and when, you know, the price drops. So I don't think at this point there's enough players to keep the price high. Uh, for, <laughs> I don't make card decisions, you know, Monster Jam. I'm, I'm uh, nothing, nothing to do with the official team. I'm just an enthusiast. So, uh, oh crap, it's four fifty nine. Okay, so uh, that actually wraps it up. So, you know, bottom line, if you're in the market for rewards cards, uh, for the new ones, wait, and prices will get cheaper. And next up is going to be um, Scaredy Cat, Scaredy Cat Investor Show. And he'll talk all things crypto and stocks and stuff. And he'll look at charts, whatever chart you want him to. He'll take a look at it and give you his opinion. So that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.